heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. This is Father Michael Sparrow, your host here today on Healing the Whole Person. I'm from the Bellarmine Jesuit Retreat House, located in Barrington. Today we're going to be focusing on healing after abortion and lifting up prayers for those women and uh, men who are considering abortions and all of those who are in some way uh, connected to the abortion industry. And my guests on the program are my friends Chuck Konzelman and Carrie Solomon. Uh, Chuck and Carrie are the writers, directors, and co-producers of the hit film Unplanned that uh, tells the true life story of Abby Johnson, who had worked as a clinical director at Planned Parenthood for several years, had a conversion experience, uh, and now is a devout Catholic and a pro uh, strong pro-life advocate. Also with me in the studio uh, is Kathy Herrera and I'm delighted to have Kathy here. Kathy is the program director pregnancy parenting and adoption family and parish support service advocate at Catholic Charities here in Chicago. Chuck and Carrie welcome and welcome to you Kathy. Thank you. Hello Father. Hello. Uh, let me begin by uh, uh, just welcoming Chuck and Carrie and saying just a little bit uh, about them. Uh, there are no strangers to Hollywood, knows and Unplanned is certainly not their first radio. Uh, they're most uh, famous for uh, the God's Not Dead films, uh, number one and two, uh, and uh, which uh, were released, uh, God's Not Dead uh, 2 was released in 2016. The uh, Do You Believe film, uh, which they uh, co-wrote in 2015, and their original uh, God's Not Dead that came out in 2014. Uh, they've had a s string of, of uh, films prior to that. Uh, you may have seen the film uh, either at the theater or on DVD, the film What If, way back in 2010. Uh, the first screenplay dates all the way back to 1997, which was a, a TNT screenplay. Um, Chuck, and, Chuck and Carrie, tell me, uh, with uh, all of the different films that you've done, uh, how did you decide to do a film on Abby Johnson's uh, book? We didn't. Uh, God did. So that's really, it came down to a nutshell. Uh, we were actually at a coffee shop and uh, talking about what we were going to do next. And we were, had designs on doing a Western with Clint Eastwood. That was our, that was our plan. And, uh, a young lady walks up to us and says, you should, and hands us a book and says, you guys should make this a movie. And so, uh, she moved on, on her way after that. And uh, I looked at the book, and Chuck looked at the book, and we just broke out laughing because we're like, "This is a chick flick, abortion." I mean, really, not a chance, you know that kind of. Thing. And uh, but we made the the mistake of praying on it because we pray on everything, and um, we went back and to the office and we said, "Lord, you don't want us to do this, right? I mean, we we're doing the Western, right?" 
and it became very clear to us, the Lord spoke to us and said, uh, spiritually on an every level, this is what I want to do. You know, you have choice, you have a choice, you do as you will, but this would be pleasing to me. And so, you know, it really comes down to this. If you're pleasing Jesus or you're making a Western and, and not pleasing him, you know, I, I mean, we just, we believe thoroughly in the Lord and we want to make him happy. So that's how we endeavored to jump into it. And uh, that was it. Let me push it back even a little further. You guys are a bit of an anomaly in Hollywood. You're devout Catholics. As you, uh, Carrie, just told us that story of how you happened to decide or uh, allow the Lord to decide for you to do the unplanned film. Uh, you weren't filmmakers all of your life. Uh, how did how did you come out to Hollywood and decide to do films? It was a Holy Spirit thing, even though we weren't close to the Lord at that time. Uh, you know, when you don't, when you're not close to the Lord, you don't understand that those intuit intuitions or those coincidences. Uh, you believe that, you know, like the world convinces us it's karma or uh, coincidence or luck or whatever. But once you know the Lord, you know that his uh, tapestry of your life, that he is in everything in your life. And so one day, Chuck and I, we were in business together. We've known each other for 40 years. Best friend, uh, best man at my wedding, uh, godfather to my son. So we've known each other forever and ever. And... Uh, we were at a big, a big convention in Philadelphia, and uh, we were both speaking. And I spoke first, and I sat down, and then Chuck Foot came in, into the lunchroom where there was no one else. Uh, and I looked at him, and I don't know why, but I just said, "Do you want to go to Hollywood?" And he and we had just built this business for five or six years, and it was very successful and very big, and and uh, everybody was very excited. And he looked at me and said, "Yeah." And like two days later, we're in a Jeep pulling a U-Haul uh, across across the United States. And uh, we land up in, in Hollywood with no idea uh, of why, who, what, where. But we listened, you know, we listened even though – and we were excited about it. But we, you know, it was one of those Holy Spirit moments. You know, for the first 30 years of our life, we had no – we never even talked about that. We loved the movies, but we never talked about making them. And here we were. Yes. And uh, truth in advertising here, I met uh, Chuck and Carrie, uh, I think back in 2010. They had just completed uh, work on their film, What If? And uh, they were mentoring me in, on a project that I was working on, on Cardinal Bernadine. Uh, say just a little, I, th I think that, was that what your first a film of faith what if back in 2010 yeah uh, well it was the first endeavor the Lord had called us out of the secular film industry a young Catholic girl 21 years old unlike any girl that we had ever met uh, just because spiritually I mean she was just she was holy and I you know the most of the women in in Hollywood I had never encountered something like this and she walks up to us after we were teaching a class and says I'd like to take you to coffee and we were very busy so we tried to get out of it and she says listen I, I, I'm, I'm not wasting your time my mom is a mystic and all my brothers are priests in Italy in the Vatican and my mom has got a message from Jesus for you and I'm like 
Well, um, you know, we just stood there kind of like if this is real, we, you know, we, we have to listen to it. If it's not real, you know, how are we going to know? So it was confusing, but we took the coffee, the meeting, and that's, and that basically, you know, we believe the Lord was calling us after a lot of prayer and some miraculous things. We believe that the Lord was calling us. So when we moved over to the, uh, the faithful side, moved out of the secular world, it was perfect timing because we were at our, our end of our rope anyway uh, in the secular world. It's just so dark. It was just so evil. We were going to actually leave. And, uh, but the Lord called us to come. He said, come work for me. I want you to carry your cross. And that was part of the message kind of thing. And, and so we decided to do that. And uh, what if was, it wasn't the first thing he told us to do. It wasn't but the it, first thing we wrote in that field, but it was the first thing that got made in that field. Yeah. Right. And so here we are nine years later with uh, a film that has surprised the industry and surprised the media with its, uh, despite uh, plans uh, plans to suppress the film, the, the film has uh, taken off and has had a surprising, uh, surprisingly successful box office re return and uh, has just touched the hearts of uh, uh, tens of thousands of people ac across the nation and hopefully sooner across the world. Uh, Chuck, could you, uh, for those listeners who are not familiar with the film, could you summarize the story for us? Sure. It's the uh, Unplanned is based on the book of the same name. It's the true life story of Abby Johnson. Abby Johnson was a junior at Texas A&M, uh, walking across the campus just looking to get to lunch because she was hungry. She actually wandered through the student center, and there was a volunteer fair going on. And so she could have worked at the zoo as a volunteer feeding, you know, baby lions, or she could have done whatever else. But she wound up uh, being attracted to the Planned Parenthood table, where there was a charismatic woman there. And she convinced Abby that she would be helping women if she joined Planned Parenthood as a volunteer, as a volunteer escort, to steer the women who were showing up for abortions into the clinic. And Abby was initially a little resistant at first. Uh, her whole family was pro-life, and she kind of like, well, I'm sort of pro-life. What she didn't reveal at that point was she'd actually had an abortion already. But uh, she was convinced that she would be helping women and, uh, and feeling women's empowerment if she was to join. So she did as a volunteer. And then slowly but surely, she got pulled into the industry. When she graduated college, she became a counselor in the clinic, which is really just a salesperson for abortions. But it's, it looks and sounds like counseling when it's being done. Ultimately, she wound up as the director of that surgical clinic, the youngest director of a surgical clinic uh, in the country. And everything went was hunky-dory, and she was adamantly pro-choice uh, for about the, the remainder of her eight-year stint there until one day she got called into the abortion chamber uh, to help out. And there was a surgeon that day who only did ultrasound-guided abortions, which are very unusual. It's not normally done. It's actually safer for the patient, uh, but they're not done because it costs an extra three to four minutes per procedure. And when you're doing 40 procedures on a Saturday morning, that really adds up. So uh, she held the ultrasound wand. There was a 13-week-old uh, baby in, in utero, and she watched in horror as the suction uh, tube went in and uh, destroyed that baby's life. 
and she watched it unfold in real time. She realized she was complicit in that abortion. It shocked her to the core because she believed the Planned Parenthood spiel, the party line that this is just a clump of cells or a tumor. But she watched that child actually trying, reacting uh, to the catheter and trying to escape from the catheter because it's a very sharp thing uh, when it gets in there. And she realized, uh-oh, this is not a clump of cells. This is a baby. And it, what and what have I done? And she just, within 10 days, uh, she was uh, an ardent pro-lifer and praying with the 40 Days for Life uh, people at the, at the fence and uh, thus became a target for Planned Parenthood. They, they tried suing her on a whole bunch of fabricated charges that were ultimately thrown out of court. And uh, now she's probably, I think, the most visible pro-life spokesperson out there. When there's Father Pavone and there's her, um, who are sort of everywhere on the pro-life movement. But I think she's number one on Planned Parenthood's hit list. If, she, if they could get rid of one person, it would be Abby. Yes. Um, one of the things that I thought you did exceptionally well in the film was um, to show that there are uh, different segments of the pro-life movement and uh, you have a character there who is shouting insults at the women who are coming into the abortion clinics and that's contrasted with the people from 40 Days for Life who are standing there praying and uh, are compassionate in, in their response. Uh, I'm sure that wasn't accidental. Could, could you speak about that decision to recognize that part of what turns off some people from the pro-life movement are uh, people that hurl hatred, not, not love, at those who are agonizing over this decision? Yeah, that's that's actually how a lot of the the pro life movement, particularly at its inception thirty years ago, forty years ago, it was clumsy. And a lot of what happened was people standing outside the clinics and holding gruesome signs of aborted babies and parts. And you know, we portray that a little bit in our film and screaming at the women who go in. And we even had one of our guys who's with the production team. He's about six foot five and two hundred forty pounds. We dressed him up as the Grim Reaper holding a giant scythe, and that was actually. It was a real side that was actually like, please don't wave that around too much, you're going to hurt somebody. Uh, but that's actually stuff that went on outside the clinics, and that was fairly common. And that sort of response outweighed the more prayerful, quiet, reserved response at the outset of the movement. And the reason it changes, it didn't work. I mean, as, Ab- as Abby has a line of, Abby's character has a line of dialogue in the movie, she's kind of yelling at the more gentle pro-lifer. She says, in what world would a woman run to someone dressed like the Grim Reaper for, for help with her crisis pregnancy? <laughs> yes. yes <laughs> the exactly. very idea is absurd. Fortunately, 99% of those people have gone away. And now what's happened is because there's been so much time over Target, because there's been so much experience, sidewalk counselors are now trained largely. You know, the prayer warriors are praying. Mostly people who really don't know how to interact will mostly, like us, will will tend to pray for those who are speaking. The approaches to the women will be gentle. You don't yell. I mean, yelling accomplishes nothing. Shaming the women accomplishes nothing. Um, There is still the odd occasional person who will be screaming hellfire and brimstone at the person walking to the clinic. But, you know, that's therapy for the person yelling, not not, not help for the person who's going in there. So, you know, any any... You know what it is? Every response that stands a chance of working has to start from a place of love. 
And if it doesn't start from the place of love, it will not succeed. And so, the, and, and the pro-life movement has very largely woken up to that. And now, too, there are the places to refer these women to, like at the mill where we sometimes go, the pro-life pregnancy counseling clinic is right across the street. I mean, literally, it's within sight. You, they can point, and the sign is clearly visible. So if a woman is willing to look, she can see it there. She can go right across the street. And now all the pro-life counselors and the, the, and even just the, the people praying, they tend to know where the, the closest pro-life pregnancy counseling clinic is, and they can steer the people there as opposed to just kind of like, you know, yelling at them. Yes. It's all about love. <laughs> it's all yeah. about love. Let me invite uh, Kathy Herrera from Catholic Charities into the conversation at this point. And Kathy, could you talk a little bit about uh, some of the support services for pregnant women that Catholic Charities offers? So in our department, we have pregnancy and parenting support. We work with women throughout the pregnancy, helping them identify and get connected with health care if they don't have it, stressing the importance of, of good nutrition, good prenatal care, good self-care, um, and also helping them look at life-affirming options whether that's looking at um, what their greatest fears are is you know is their greatest fear just practicing how they're going to tell um, family members or, or loved ones about the pregnancy if it's particularly unplanned or, or difficult um, and then looking at preparing for the child do how are they going to plan f for their child Adoption is an option that we can explore with them if that's something that, that they want as an option. Again, all life-affirming options. So adoption, preparing to, to raise the child themselves, to raise the child with help from um, family members or others, to consider placing with a family member if that's, if that's what um, yes. feels best to them. And Kathy, oh. if... Uh, someone is listening and they want to connect with Catholic Charities and explore some of those services that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. how, how would they go about that? Probably the easiest way would be to call our hotline. Um, it's 312-454-1717. Um, okay. They can also call my number directly and I can have one of the pregnancy number one of the pregnancy counselors call them back. My direct number is 312-655-7087. We have a dedicated full-time counselor um, in Lake County out of our Waukegan office, um, and we have a counselor who works throughout Cook County. Um, we've, we've gone to the Collar Counties, too, when, when that's been a need. And our counselors are bilingual English and Spanish. And a website? Uh, they could go to? They can go to catholiccharities.net and then under get help. It's The website is in redesign right now. There's a lot up there for all of the different programs that Catholic Charities has, but catholiccharities.net um, and then get help. They can find pregnancy support and our numbers that way. That's great. Chuck and Carrie, back to you. What has been uh, the reaction on the part of of uh, Planned Parenthood to this film? What, what has been their reaction? Well, their strategy has been to ignore it. So they've, they've released almost nothing. The only thing that they've done, because th that strategy has worked in the past with some other pro-life films, they just pretend it doesn't exist and they wait for it to go away and they, they figure that they don't want to give the fire any oxygen and that, they, that they, they, 
by responding help to create the story. So they just look to lay low. The only thing they've actually done is just a very kind of a lukewarm response, which was standard language when ABC was uh, doing a story on the movie and reached out to them for comment. But they their strategy, tried and true, is to just pretend it doesn't exist and to wait for it to go away. But that does not mean that they're not actively trying to suppress the movie because what happens is the reality is that Planned Parenthood is a multi-billion dollar corporation with funding from the government and obviously from private sources. And so they, they certainly can do whatever they want to do, but also very powerful forces out there support them. And they know that when you're making a movie like we're making, we don't have any money. And so uh, if they empower us through saying anything, that helps us. All publicity in Hollywood, especially when it comes to a movie, whether it's good or bad publicity, uh, serves to, to spread the word. Additionally, when you take Google and Twitter and you take Instagram and you take all these other corporations. Yep. And hold that thought and we're going to be right back after a short commercial break and continue our conversation. Listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Uh, Bishop George Rassus speaking. I live in Libertyville, Illinois, in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Jesus and the apostles had the spoken word one-on-one, and yet uh, through radio and the magic of uh, electronic media, we can reach all kinds of people instantly. And so the message is as important or more important than ever in our world today, and I hope that many of us will listen and learn and come close to the Lord each and every day. And God bless you. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Welcome back to Healing the Whole Person. I'm Father Michael Sparrow uh, here at WSFI, and my guests on the program today are Chuck Konzelman and Carrie Solomon, the writers and directors and co-producers of the hit film Unplanned that tells the true life story of the conversion of Abby Johnson. Also with me is Kathy Herrera from Catholic Charities, uh, talking about some of the resources that the Catholic Church provides for pregnant women and for young mothers. 
And also in the studio joining us is Dr. Kevin Horker. Uh, Dr. Kevin has served for several years as an emergency doctor. Um, and I had mass earlier this morning and uh, mentioned that I was going to be on the radio program. And he came up and told me in a, a uh, story that uh, I think bears repeating of his being uh, pressured by the by the nurses uh, while he was working in the emergency clinic. Dr. Kevin, welcome. And Thank you. Tell us that story when, when you were working in the emergency room and a young woman came up who was pregnant. Well, the ER is never a happy place. If anybody's going there, they're always having a bad day. Um, and I remember years ago, there was a, about an 18-year-old young lady who came in with her mother, and uh, the mother had found out that she had had intercourse with her boyfriend, and they were requesting the morning after pill uh, in case she was pregnant. And I remember having a nurse go into the room with me, a confidential conversation, and I said, you know, a big part of the reason why I went into medicine is to help take care of people and help them have a, a better life and help to prolong life. But if you are pregnant, the part that nobody wants to talk about is there's now a second person here, not just you. You might have a young little baby growing inside and I can't morally give you a medicine that would kill that baby. That goes against the morality of protecting life. I said, but there are other options for you. And uh, she understood that. They were incredibly gracious. And the mother and the patient herself, they said, we understand. Um, thank you. And I, and I told them, I said, legally, you have the right to obtain this medicine. But morally, I don't have to give it to you. You have three days to get it. And you know, there are other options. Um, anyway, and then when I left the room to go write down my notes and tried to be reassuring to this young lady and also to her mom, uh, two nurses came up to me at the nursing station and were pointing their fingers at me inches from my face. You have to give her that medicine. You have no right to not give that. And I said, no, I have a right to protect that little baby if that baby's there. What has that baby done to deserve to be killed if there is indeed a baby there? I said, the picture's bigger than just that one 18-year-old patient. But that was very stressful and, yes. and a very uh, difficult interaction with the nurses. And we settled back down. And over the months and months, I think they came to understand that I really just tried to care about everybody. But it was an unexpected major hurdle uh, that one evening. Yes. And unfortunately, in the uh, Illinois uh, House there and Senate, there are the House Bill 2467 and the Senate Bill 1594 that would make Illinois, if it passes, uh, one of the most uh, pro-choice, abortion-friendly states in the United States that would take away the right of doctors like your, yourself to be able to refuse to uh, perform abortions it would strip the doctors of that doctors and nurses of that moral choice correct and and that's an incredibly uh inappropriate response if you just look at somebody who has been trained in the profession who says you know that's not the right thing to do we're going to take their training and their understanding and their morality and put it aside and have someone who is maybe in a state of duress, maybe they're a 14-year-old or a 13-year-old who comes in and says, I don't care what you think, doctor. Here's what I want. And the state law says I can have oh, it. Oh, my. Canada's pretty. So, you know, we're fighting that. Incredibly 
large overstep, and it's it's intimidating to think about where our government might be going. Yes, and the legislation also would strip parents of the rights of knowing what their underage children are doing, so that the children would not have to report to their parents, which is uh, just unthinkable. You know, uh, Father, my, my son broke his ankle back when he was in high school in sports, and to get his ankle surgery, my wife and I had to sign paper after paper after paper of understanding and consent and whatnot. And to think that my daughter could go and have an abortion done because if something happened and she were pregnant, she wouldn't have to have us even know there would be no papers to sign. It's just a complete hypocrisy of the way we acknowledge parental rights on one hand and completely pretend they don't exist on the other. Yes. Uh, to learn more about that, Cardinal Supich has uh, uh, a letter up on his the Archdiocesan website, or if you go to uh, www.il for Illinois ilcatholic.org, there's more information there, or call the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. The number there is three one two five three four five three five five. That's illcatholic.org or 312-534-5355. Chuck and Carrie, I understand that there were uh, conversions and healings while on the set of the film while you were planning, uh, while you were planning and, and shooting on Planned. Uh, t- tell me a, a little bit about uh, uh, what went on uh, in the hearts and minds of those who are working on the film? Uh, we've had unbelievable things happen since the film has come out. And before that, like you're saying, when we were actually moving, uh, making the film. So, you know, a movie set has hundreds of people on it. And uh, we were on a 4,000 square foot set, which was uh, in a warehouse. And so everything was secured. And uh, we were in there at secretly in other words uh, we didn't want the outside world to know that we were making a movie and uh, there was a young lady 26 years old who somehow got a copy of the script obviously somebody on the crew uh, gave her a copy of the script she was very pro-choice she reads the script just reads the script and goes from pro-choice to pro-life by the end of the script that's the first thing then she says I feel like I should work on this movie the only problem with this young lady is that she has lupus, terrible, terrible uh, lupus. And so she's bedridden for five, six, seven hours after she wakes up. She's in a terrible way. And so working on a movie would be impossible. But somehow she makes it down to the set. And as she's on the set, she wants to work. Well, there's no way. I mean, making a movie is just, it's very difficult. And it's a lot of work, 20-hour days and uh, just all kinds of stuff. And so anyway, she gets there. And is gonna is you know wants to work in the movie, but there's no way that that can happen. So while we're shooting a scene, the ministry team, I had priests and pastors, and we had all kinds of uh, uh, people praying and and for every every moment of the movie. And uh, the girl basically is talking to the ministry team, and she confesses that she had an abortion at 19 years old. Gets very upset. Um, falls to her knees, you know, she's, she asks for forgiveness from God and uh, is miraculously healed. Now, I'm, I mean, we were stunned, okay? Uh, miraculously healed, she gets up, totally fine, ends up 
absolutely working on the movie, worked on the whole movie, and that was a kindergarten uh, teacher's aide uh, dealing with kindergarten kids, and, and uh, which we all know is a full-time active job. Uh, and the Lord put on our heart also that she would be in post-abortive post ministry for women. So that was just one example. Other examples are uh, we're having tremendous response all over the country of pro-choicers sending us emails, texts, phone calls. Uh, you know, I was pro-choice, now I'm pro-life, that kind of thing. Uh, a young girl just the other day went to a pregnancy research center uh, that we pray out, you know, the, our pregnancy research center, the one we support. And she went in and she was 50-50 on keeping the baby and she wasn't sure. And the people in the pregnancy center said, do you have an hour, two hours, uh, we want to take you somewhere. They take her down to see the movie. She basically says, I'm pro-life now, I would never abort this baby. Uh, abortion workers coming out of the industry, uh, we've gotten you know, droves of calls on it. Um, you know, post-abortive women saying, I've had an abortion for uh, 50 years ago, and I dealt with it every day of my life, and now I'm free. Unbelievable. But I'm talking in mass. I'm talking crazy, off-the-wall uh, numbers. And in Hollywood, where we are, you're talking about the most liberal place, I mean, yes. that there is. Yes. And you're having pro-choicers basically in variety which is the uh the trade magazine for hollywood which basically i've never seen a conservative comment over 350 comments after they ripped the movie to pieces in the movie review uh of women saying i saw the movie what you're saying is political you haven't even seen the movie and you're saying these bad things about it i was pro-choice now i'm pro-life i mean it's an un but th there is no way to explain this other than saying that the Holy Spirit is moving not only in the movie theater but in word to mouth and I expect uh, internationally and when the DVD and streaming come out I mean it's a wave it's like we can feel the momentum shifting in the abortion issue and it's shifting to the good guys side rather than the other side and I, we're very very heartened by it let's continue to keep praying that that momentum keeps going I want to shift back to Dr. Horker uh, and just talk a little bit about the impact that abortion has on a woman. The, the lie of the pro-choice movement is it's just a piece of tissue and there are no consequences. Uh, it's a safe, easy procedure and then you go on with your life. It, it brings you freedom from an unwanted pregnancy. Dr. Horker, speak a, l a little bit about the impact that abortion has on women. Sure. Uh, the pro-abortion side, if you want to call it that, tends to treat having an abortion as just a procedure like you bring your car into the shop to get the oil changed and now you're good to go and you leave. And they really tend to emphasize that any other repercussions are simply because pro-life people put guilt on them and that without us putting the guilt on them they would be fine and they'd have no problem and it would be just like an oil change uh, but the fact is that I actually dated a young lady years ago before I met my wife and uh, found out that she had had an abortion before I ever met her and 
it still was heavy in her heart. This was an amazingly lovely woman, a very caring person, a person who's spiritual, faithful, engaging in the community. You would never know there was anything wrong with her. You watched her. People flocked around her when we had gatherings. She was just a lovely person. And yet, when we talked personally, she had this intense awareness that she had ended her child's life. Um, I have an aunt who was pregnant and uh, lost the baby in utero before it was born and she said you you can't imagine the incredible pain of knowing that this baby's alive and moving and kicking and then to pretend that an abortion doesn't do anything she said I can't imagine the women that have done that the burden that that must bring and so the common things are grief depression anxiety uh, stress Uh, I believe there's Project Rachel is out there to help women get through this. It is a very real thing because we're humans. We're meant to engage each other and to love, and we all make mistakes. But when these women have been encouraged or felt that abortion was their only option, they now have added burden later that the pro-abortion people don't ever want to talk about. But it's very real, and we can reach out and help them with that. Absolutely. Kathy, tell us a little bit more about uh, the... Uh, services that the Archdiocese offers for women who decide to have their children. Um, Doctor, you mentioned Project Rachel. Project Rachel is a group of trained counselors um, that can provide healing and supportive therapeutic counseling for women who are experiencing ongoing trauma from having um, gone through an abortion or having had an abortion. And Um, let me just mention on that that Mm -hmm. uh, to contact Project Rachel, you can simply send an email to projectrachelchicago at gmail.com. That's projectrachelchicago at gmail.com for more information on the healing process. Or you can go to the website, Hope afterabortion.org hopeafterabortion.org there's a whole list of resources there as well mm-hmm. Kathy some of the other um, I guess supports and services available through the Archdiocese for women who do um, choose life and find themselves later struggling because perhaps it wasn't the right time yet for them to have a child Aid for Women offers support, the Women's Center, obviously Catholic Charities has programs. We have programs for teen mothers as as well as women of all ages. Um, in our program, we will work with the woman to establish or identify goals that she wants to work with. We, as I mentioned earlier, support throughout the pregnancy, but also throughout the first year of the child's life, and, and we have extended beyond the first year to offer support in all of those many adjustments, assistance in finding resources, and um, even things as simply as, as having diapers and, and formula if, if formula is needed, and baby clothes, um, maternity clothes, whatever it is that might be needed to help women support the choice for life. So, Kathy, um, some of the, uh, an argument that I hear over and over again from uh, a number of women that I've spoken to about these issues is that the Catholic Church only cares uh, about the baby when it's, when it's in the womb. But once it's uh, born, then we kind of uh, abandon them. You're, you're on your own. We don't want you to abort the child. Uh, but once you have the baby, you're on your own. And everything that you just spoke to in terms of all of those services, 
just exposes that that is simply is not the truth, that the Catholic Church is there to support women that need assistance, especially young mothers that are so frightened in the midst of their pregnancy. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Most definitely. And the Catholic Church supports life at all stages, not just um, prior to birth, but through natural death. And yes, a big part of that is, is providing caring, compassionate service to the woman with the three-month-old and to the family that's struggling with the teenager and to every other age that you can imagine. Yes. It's about supporting life from conception through natural death. Yes. Yes. Chuck and, and Carrie, uh, back to you. Could you uh, tell us how your film, uh, when it's available on DVD, might possibly be used uh, in religious education programs or uh, how, can, how can this film continue to help people after it's moved out of the theaters? Well, I think there's a multitude of ways, but I also think people need to uh, remember that we're in a battle here. Uh, you know, we were suppressed on every level. So word of mouth is extremely important. But we are going to definitely stream and uh, DVDs will be available soon. And we're very excited about that. But for example, a Benedictine nun, I got an email from her a couple of days ago. And I am not kidding. She said, I want to buy 7,000 DVDs. Can I do that? And she said, what I want to do, and I was shocked, obviously. Seven, uh, 7,000? 7,000 DVDs, her Benedictine mission. She was, uh, she was committed to sending them to every single person on their list. And she was going to say to them, she's going to address them and write to them and talk to them and say, look, this is the most profound movie on this issue and uh, on the family issue overall and on just the moral fiber of of what's happening in the world, uh, she said that I want you to go and you know buy one or two DVDs and give it out to your friends and that kind of thing. So she's totally committed to this. Of course, we said to her we would take care of her and give her the best deal we could possibly do, uh, you know, because we want you know we want to get that out there. But I think. You know, we're in combination with certain groups. For example, Ignatius, we're doing a lot of stuff with them. We're hopefully going to have some handouts and some material that churches and schools can use. Uh, we're working on that. I think the DVD also and and uh, it's uh, the streaming is very powerful, and I'll tell you why. I think a lot of people did not go to the movie for two reasons. I think uh, the first is you have a tremendous peer pressure going on. What the, the uh, pro-choices have been able to do is make people look stupid or uh, embarrassed or not or give them tremendous heat if they will go and do something that's pro-life. And so a lot of people didn't want to go to the theaters because of that. Or, but whereas a DVD, you're sitting in your house. No one knows you're watching the movie. The second thing, obviously, is that I think a lot of people possibly are scared off of the idea of watching an abortion. They had an abortion. Maybe they don't want their husband to know or their children to know. But I think that all changes when you have the DVD and streaming and stuff. Uh, and if any, if the initial data that we're getting is any is any indication the DVD is going to be used as a marketing tool not to promote the movie but to promote pro-life because all the people outside the clinics and 
and we have all the PRCs are saying, we're going to hand these out in abundance. You know, every person that comes in is going to get a copy of the movie. And so we're also seeing internationally every country. I mean, we're getting deluged for every country who not only wants the movie in the theaters, but they desperately want the DVD and the streaming. So I think uh, and and hopefully all the uh, the tools, the books, the, the help guides, the resources and stuff as well. So I think it's going to be I don't think this is really a movie. To be honest, I think it's a movement. I think a lot of people look at a movie, it comes and then it goes. I don't think this movie is going. It will leave the theaters, but I don't think it's just going to disappear. I actually think the Lord is going to do a new thing and reinvigorate. I mean, it's a movement. Like I said, I just, I, we, we're seeing tremendous things occur. So That's wonderful. Uh, Wonderful. Very and amazing overall. And so I'd encourage all of our listeners to go to your website, uh, www.unplannedfilm.com. There's some wonderful interviews there with, uh, 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 with uh, Ashley, uh, the star of the film, and uh, Chuck's testimony before Congress. And there's a wonderful... Uh, guide for those who have had abortions. But we're just about out of time here. Let's close off with a short prayer. Lord, we ask your blessing on all those who have had abortions, are considering abortions, those who are working in the industry. May your healing hand rest upon them and let them know that there is hope, that they do not need to be discouraged. They can turn to you the source of infinite mercy. Bless them, Lord, and bless and prosper the work of this film and the pro-life movement and all who stand up for life. Bless the work of Catholic Charities and all the doctors and nurses who protect life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.